JD Talking Sports. It is Thursday, July 9th, 2020. So I was just reading this and not shocked at all. Now, these are allegations. It's not 100% true. But Zion Williamson and his stepfather alleged to have accepted 400K from an agency for exclusive marketing rights while Williamson was attending Duke University in October 2018. According to Daniel Wallach of The Athletic, Prime Sports Marketing and Gina Ford of the defendants in a lawsuit filed by Williamson, North Carolina introduced newly discovered evidence related to the alleged 2018 payment. Wallace added that witness Donald Christ contacted Ford and provided a copy of marketing agreement between Williamson and Maximum Management Group, which is based in Canada. According to Wallach, Lyons' lawsuit against Prime Sports Marketing aims to nullify his agreement with the firm under North Carolina law that protects student-athletes from non-certified agents. Okay. Williamson signed with Prime Sports Marketing after being selected number one overall by the Pelicans, but he switched to CAA a few weeks later. Prime Sports Marketing filed a lawsuit against Williamson in Florida seeking compensation for endorsement opportunities that lined up for Zion before he made the jump to CAA. So you're telling me Prime Sports Marketing has a bigger, bigger net in opportunity. CAA is the biggest. Ford and Prime Sports Marketing are arguing Williamson accepted impermissible, impermissible benefits while at Duke. If that is proven, Zion may be ruled in, ineligible retroactively, which would make it diffi difficult for him to win his case under the North Carolina law protecting student-athletes. So in one year there, what he averaged? 23 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks per game. He was a National College Player of the Year. 19 games prior to the suspension of the season, he was averaging 24 games, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Not bad, huh? They're 10th in the Western Conference and trail the 8th place Memphis Grizzlies by 3.5 games. It sounds like a disgruntled agent didn't get the money they thought they were going to get. And now they're a little angry. But you know what? You hear this shit all the time. Players switch agencies all the freaking time. Am I shocked by any of this? No. Is there money made by players when they, in college? Yes. Should college players be paid? Well, for the amount of money they bring to the university and the jerseys they sell and everything? Hell yes. Is it going to happen anytime soon? No chance. It's going to be even a season this coming year. I don't know. A lot of schools are doing virtual, virtual learning the first semester. I don't even think there's going to be a season this year. But if there is... Maker, Maker is going to Howard, and he thinks he's going to be a one-and-done at Howard if there's a season. So now, now you hear about all these players going to historically black colleges and universities. But what does it matter if they're there one-and-done? It's the same problem they have at the big schools, the Power Fives, that, you know, it's very you're going to have to recruit every single year. But maybe him going to Howard will have other people going. But this is a kid who wants to stay one year at the school. He goes, he wants to play in the NBA. And if it's going to take a year, I'm definitely all for it. If it's going to take two years, I'm definitely all for it. He goes, I'm no, I know I'm NBA lottery talent, and when I go in there, I'm going to work and see how things play out there. But if I'm good in the year, I'm definitely out. Are we shocked? No. Right now, he's the number 17 overall prospect in 2020 recruiting class for 247 sports, which doesn't mean anything. They said he talented big man, guard skills. He originally declared for the 2020 draft in April, and ESPN's Jonathan Gavani ranked him as the number 75 prospect in a generally weak class. A big year there, 6'11", 235, is going to have to put him a little muscle. We'll see what happens. The Ivy League is canceled, will not hold fall sports in 2020 because of the pandemic. And in addition to the NCAA said it will only hold sports this year if it is deemed safe for students to return to campuses. We'll see if that works out. But he could be making his debut in 2021-22. 
I guess we'll see how this all works out. But, you know, all these kids want to go to the schools. They all want to leave in a year. I mean, you're constantly recruiting kids. And, you know, even Krzyzewski didn't deal with that. Now he's dealing with that stuff. A lot of these guys think they go out a year, and I think a lot of guys could use more time in the league. But what do I know? I'm just a simple man trying to figure out, figure my way around. Mission Impossible 7 was given special dispensation to resume filming in UK. No two-week quarantine required because I know we got to, you know, hey, it's, it's a big multi-billion dollar movie. We got to get this shit going. And MLB has 66 COVID-19 cases. Intake results show 66 out of 374 personnel tested positive for the coronavirus in first testing phase. Some Christian camp, I forget where the hell that was. I was, well, this is, I saw it in Fox News, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry, BuzzFeed. A Christian summer camp, how about this one? Shut down after 82 kids and staff got the coronavirus. Kanakuk Camp in Lampy, Missouri had promised kids aged 13 to 18 fun activities and Bible studies. But they were sent home last week due to the coronavirus outbreak. Crazy, huh? Yeah. And so MLB, the first two days of games, there is one day game, a 4-10 game, a Met game. One. Rob Manfred. Hey, let's, a lot of people home right now. Let's get people excited to watch baseball. A lot of people home. Let's make them all fucking night games the first two days. Are you fucking kidding me? When the season starts all the time, there are always day games. You're telling me one day game and it's a 4-10? All the games are night games? People can barely stay awake as it is. These games take too long to play, and now they're all going to be night games? Manfred, you have an opportunity to put it out there. There was a freaking MLS game on 9 o'clock this morning, and I'll tell you, I was trying to watch it. A guy got hit in the stomach. He acted like he got, he got shanked by, like, 50 guys. I mean, he was down, writhing in pain for way too freaking long. He got an elbow in his stomach. I'm sorry. And I thought he was faking. He took the burner. And he's on the ground, like, agony. And I, just like, oh, and they came out, and he's still, I'm like, Really? Now, it probably bro- if it's a broken rib, then I feel bad. And my, my but there's too much goddamn flopping in soccer. But you gotta give them mad mad props that Orlando, a 9 a.m. game, sweating balls off. And I think it's on turf. It should be grass, but that they're playing soccer. That's not a bad thing. Too bad Major League Baseball is back in another century. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Owners think they're you know that they, they were gonna they were gonna not even have a season. They're gonna have a 60 game season, and they're not gonna even make it fan friendly. Are you kidding me? And everybody's home right now. It's the summertime. Stupid freaking idiots. Toronto brought Black Lives Matter buses to Orlando. All right. Well, then more power to you. Get everything going. Yeah, they're, they're kind of tight. They're nice-looking buses, man. Toronto went ahead and yeah, said, hey, let's, let's have some buses. Nothing wrong with that. You have the, you know, it is, it is 2000. We got to deal with these things. And let's, let's put it out there because Kawhi did not travel to Orlando. He didn't make the trip because of family matters. Expect to join the team in a few days. And listen, social, you, you, there's things going on right now. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's show people that we're, the NBA is showing that they are all in, which is what they should be. And I'm, I'm, I think it's good to have the buses, everything. I saw MLS, they're wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts. I'm, I'm, all for the, uh, I'm all for the shirts. I'm all for the buses. More to them. And Chicago Cubs fans... For up to three fifty a ticket, which is ridiculous. We'll have a chance to watch their favorite team in person, though it'll be from across the street. They approve rooftop rooftops for twenty five percent capacity. Are you free three hundred fifty fucking dollars? You know, uh, Kyle Schwarber says I'm going to have to launch some balls onto the rooftops and give them a good little shimmy dance out there. Only one player, Glenn Allen Hill, in two thousand has hit a ball onto the rooftop across the street from Wrigley Field. Most of the rooftops beyond left and right field are owned by the Cubs, who are still figuring out how to disperse tickets at three fifty a pop. <laughs> Rooftop tickets generally go between one fifty and three hundred with a boost for playoff games. 
So now let's take advantage. A pandemic, let's charge three fifty a fucking ticket. Two fifty on Sundays. I'm sorry. That includes food, beer, and wine. Oh, so it's worth it. Food, beer, and wine. Several privately owned rooftops already have tickets on sales, including one in left field called Wrigley View Rooftops that has advertisement tickets at three fifty. Two fifty on Sundays, as I said, including food, beer, and wine. Hey, it's it's the it's it's the it's the world today. That's the way we do things. It's all about the narrow. Now they're saying it's a lot different, you know, hitting without any fans in the stadium. They, there's no indication you have the Cubs, Cubs, Cubs will pipe in booze when it's something goes in favor of the opponent, but there's plenty of time for experimentation. It could be good, uh, Schwarber said, it could be good in terms of the camera not picking up some of the things that are said on the field. That might be a good thing. Yeah, well, you know, it works in UFC because they're all freaking... You know, you can hear their, their corner man talking to them. And I, Mitchell Schwartz, Jeff Schwartz's brother, posted something which I thought was kind of interesting. Very interesting. He said, as a Jewish American in the NFL, I stand with my brothers of all races and creeds against any form of discrimination and hate. One of the things that makes our game so great is the diverse background of the guys in the locker room, not just from a racial standpoint, but a religious one as well. Although in my personal experiences, my teammates have always been supportive and interested in my faith. Anti-Semitism is on the rise in this country. Tragedy after tragedy, the number of hate crimes against Jews has reached record levels in the past few years. We hope, my hope is we can use this moment to shed light on and bring awareness to the hate and oppression the Jewish community still faces while standing strong with the Black Lives Matter movement. We can only have change if we denounce racism and bias in all forms, in all forms. Our platforms are at, as athletes are a powerful tool and with them comes immense responsibility. We can all do better. I agree. I agree. And a lot of people were throwing Stephen Jackson under the bus, basically saying you know, all the work he did for Black Lives Matter, he threw under the went, We went wrong uh, bashing the Jews, little anti-Semitism there. I saw Wilbom, Michael Wilbom, but you know who I didn't see say anything about it? Jamel Hill was something to say about everything. And I usually like what she's to say, but I'm shocked. She talked about Mike Golick. She talked about some documentary that's being done with Kyrie Irving on the girl who, the cop who got killed in Milwaukee, but nothing about Deshaun Jackson or Steven Jackson. Nothing. I've looked the last two days. And I know she has all the time in the world, and you know she's bashing, you know, she's talking about the president, which everybody, listen, that's okay. But I thought that was kind of an important issue. And for a woman who's so outspoken and says everything that comes to, says something about everything, that was not something she talked about. I found that very telling, in my, in my opinion. Very telling. And it kind of pissed me off. You can talk about everything else, you know, whatever, but that was, that we should just push that aside? No, no. And then there was, a, you know, the yesterday was the decision and the, you know, who gives a shit? Who could have got him? Who could have, would have, should have, hood have? Please. The Bulls think they had a good shot. He was going to play for the Bulls. He's bringing all his players with him. Now, what do you think about this? ABC is rebooting the Wonder Years with a black cast set in Alabama in the late 60s. Lee Daniels will produce the half-an-hour series, and Fred Savage, the star of the original, is set to direct the pilot. It'll be interesting. Lee Daniels does some good stuff. I guess we'll see about that. And Raheem Mostert does not want to be with the Niners anymore. His request was simply they haven't met his contract demands. He's got two years left on his deal, which, you know, hey, dude, you know, you have, uh, yeah. Yeah, Brianna, uh, yeah, Jamel Hill talked about, don't forget to tune in 7 p.m. for my special conversation with Common and Kyrie Irving on finding justice for Brianna Taylor. So that was, and I understand, that's a very, but I find that, she talks about everything, but Deshaun Jackson, nothing, not one word. Jamel Hill, you could do better. So Ian Rappaport says that Mostert wants to be in line with the highest paid running backs in the team. Tevin Coleman makes $4.55 million in 2020, and he's been hurt all the time. And Mostert wants to be. He's two years left in his deal. 
I don't know if they're going to redo his deal. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I like what Mike Sielski said. You know, you know, Joel Embiid keeps nudging Ben Simmons. But remember, the Sixers can't win a championship with an athlete dog who trudges up the side to the sideline in the fourth quarter, rolls over, and begs his coaches and teammates to rub his belly. If you want to be the leader, you got to be the leader. And I think Joel Embiid has a lot of talent, and I think he has to decide, is it time? Are you going to put the work in? Are you going to do the work to be the best? And I think this you got him, Ben Simmons. you got Tobias Harris. I feel like, you know, that window keeps closing. They're young. They're hungry. They're in their primes. Embiid, it's time to step up. I don't disagree with what he has to say. You know, you got to be a leader. You don't have to worry about that shit. And Julian Edelman, who doesn't really consider himself Jewish, but he says he'd take the Jones, to Sean Jackson to the African-American Museum and the Holocaust Museum. He's Jewish, but he doesn't practice at all. So, you know, it's, he's one of those, you know, you know, oh, he's a Jewish athlete. Dude, the guy doesn't practice at all, like Ryan Braun. No, he wasn't raised Jewish. You know, it's okay, you know. But we're so dying to have Jewish, you know, as a Jew, Jew a Jewish athlete. Remember, remember an airplane? I need some light reading. Jewish sports stars of the 20th century. Very light. Very small. You got, you know, Mitchell Schwartz. That's about it. There's not too many Jewish football players, Jewish basketball players. Dolph Shays and his son was a basketball player. Not too many. NFL plans temperature checks. Anyone with bench access and a temperature higher than 100.4 in pregame screening won't be allowed to enter the stadium. That just makes common sense. That's a good thing. And they're not going to let them do postgame jersey swaps. Won't be allowed for the 2020 season. What do you make? It makes sense. You know, I mean, come on. And then the Madden rookie rate, QB ratings, it's a game. But Burrow got a 76, love higher than Herbert. I don't know what Tua got. I, I don't play video games. I was like, oh, okay, that's... And they were redrafted the 2007 draft. I love when they do this, you know, now after the fact. Listen, Jamarcus Mus Russell was a freaking talent. Had a cannon for his, for his arm. But like Ryan Leaf, work ethic. Like Johnny Manziel, work ethic. You need work ethic. If you're going to... Like, like I told you, when I met that, met that actor... And he said to me, it's even harder when you make it. It's even harder when you make it. And you got to put the work in. you got to put, put in the work off the field, on the field. I mean, I remember reading about Drew Brees, last guy in, first guy in, last guy out, watching film, freaking Peyton Manning set up a thing at his home so he could have shit at home. I mean, these guys put the work in. you got to put the freaking work in. Freaking Philip Rivers, family, he didn't want him to uproot from, uh, from San Diego to L.A. last season with the Chargers. He paid for a car service. So he had a car service uh, drive him. He had a driver drive him so he could do work going there and back and could have someone drive the car for him so he could go between his house. And that's the what you have to do. And that's why Jamarcus Russell, you know? Yeah, and I, I saw this too, that Steelers player, I saw this and I was like, you know, listen. Joe Banner, who's on the Steelers, says, Deshaun said Jews were trying to take over the world. Stephen Jackson said he spoke the truth and added that the Rothschilds controlled the banks. Now they say they have hate for no one and couldn't, could have chosen better words. So it's disappointing for people who have seen what hateful lies can do. That's it. That's it. Why do we, you know? You all, and you're always apologizing after the fact. Think before you say and don't, think before you put shit on social media. A lot of people look up to you. You put stuff up there and you're like, what the fuck were you thinking? I like that Joe Banner. Joe Banner went to USC. He got, you know, he met people. He met Jews. He met everybody. And he said, you know, listen, to everybody, you know, we, sh we shouldn't be doing this stuff. It isn't good for anybody. What, Rock sent me a, a song today by Cool in the Gang. Love and understanding. He said, I said, what's this? He goes, lyrics you've been professing. I want love and understanding between people. I really do. I want us all to get, I, I want us all to come to an understanding, a compromise, work together. It's the only way things are going to get better instead of, 
people over here, people over there. And I love what uh, Ezekiel Elliott said. He said, uh, Marcus Mosher said that one NFL offensive coach ranked Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott as the 11th best running back in the NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? Very few breakout runs. Doesn't look as strong anymore. Feels like he's about 60 to 70% of what he was. He said, whoever that is, is faded. Hey, listen, maybe it'll get him going. I thought he had a pretty good season last year. I thought he had a really shitty coach, as Harris said. You know, ginger coach. You, you know, you, you can't win with a ginger coach. You can't win with a ginger quarterback. We were joking. But there's a, there's a South Park where it says gingers have no soul. And uh, they got rid of the coach who was terrible. Let's see what happens. Big, expected to, Big Ten expected to play conference-only football schedule this fall. Yeah, okay. How could they even get ahead? How could they even, yeah. To go with conference-only football schedule this fall. Let's see if it happens. Not, not all schools are going to, are they all going to be on the same page? I don't freaking know. We, you can hope so, but we'll see. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. I mean, look, the Major League, I mean, come on. Major League Baseball, 60-game season, and the first two days, July 23rd, 24th, the only day game is Braves versus Mets at 410. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Jamal Crawford is now a net. He reportedly agreed with a deal with the Nets. Agreed to, uh, 40, now, 40, he's 40 years old. There was confusion about whether Crawford would be eligible to sign with the team when the season restarted. Players who signed an NBA or G League deal within the past two seasons will be made available to clubs. It's been a free agency the offseason began. The three-time sixth man of the year was perplexed by the lack of offers he had from teams around the league. He said, uh, I don't think it comes down to whether I can play or not. Besides the 51-point game, I averaged, you know, over 30 points in the month of April, which is my highest-scoring month in my 19-year career. The year before that, I won teammate of the year, and I don't think it comes down to character. At that point, it's out of my hands. He's been playing since 2000, 2001. He's one of the most reliable scorers off the bench. He had a string of six consecutive seasons, averaging at least 10 points per game, and shoots 35% from three. Last year with the Suns, scoring average dipped to eight points per game in 64 games. He ended the 2018-19 season on a hot streak with 106 points over his final three games, including a 51-point outburst. This is the season finale against the Mavs. They're going to have to keep his... Used him only the Suns. He averaged 19 minutes a game. The second few weeks of his career, after his rookie year when he averaged 17, they need depth. They don't got Durant. They got they got Irving. They got Wilson Chandler's gone. DeAndre Jordan, Nick Claxton. But he's 40 years old. I guess we'll see. And they were also going to sign. Who else were they going to sign? But then I heard it wasn't a definite. Oh yeah, and I like what uh, Cam, Cam Cam Hayward said. He said, uh, anti-Semitic post, he says, let's not put down other religions, cultures, and races along the way. Good move. But the, the Nets were also going to sign. Yeah, I saw Julian Edelman. I'm trying to find the other guy. Tiger's going to play in the Memorial. He'll compete for the first time since PGA's tour coronavirus pause next week at Muirfield. That's good. Philadelphia Union police, uh, Philadelphia Union players wear names of black victims of police brutality on back of jerseys during today's match. Yeah, Nets are supposed to sign Michael Beasley, but I haven't heard that. They they said they should, but I don't think it's it hasn't happened yet. 
We'll see what happens on that front. Ivy League ruled out playing all sport all in the fall. Become the first D1 conference to say we'll hold not hold sports in the fall because of the coronavirus pandemic. No decision is made about winter or spring Ivy sports or whether fall sports could be played in the spring of 2021. That's why today we're announcing eight campuses have announced their policies for the fall of the past two weeks. It means there's not going to be any students on campus. They're not going to have any games. It based its decision on the eight campus COVID-19 policies, which were cemented over the past two weeks. And while they were very varied from school to school collectively, those policies made any fall competition impractical, at least through the end of the fall semester. Because that's how long the schools participate, anticipate these policies being in place. They place restrictions on travel for faculty, staff, and students, which includes athletes and coaches. Some also have uh, restrictions for visitors, stringent social distancing policy, and limitations on the size of group gatherings. I guess we'll see how that's going to work out. I don't know who Harry. I, I went by that. Oh, executive. Oh, Robin Harris, executive director, told Robin Harris told ESPN of the Ivy League. They can't put a timeline when competition might resume in their conference, which is right. Said while the conference and schools have undergone budget cuts, the f- financial realities of Wednesday's decisions are still unknown. For this, for us, this was really about policies and not finances. We're, we were impacted financially by this decision. That There's no question, but at the end of the day, it's about health and safety and consistency with campus policies. Financially, this is definitely going to be a hit for our schools and our office, but it d- that didn't factor into the decision. It really hasn't been part of the equation. Who's going to follow? Listen, uh, Big 12 commissioner said uh, you know, Big 12 commissioner Bob uh, uh, Bowlesby said uh, we're certainly are watching closely as MLB, NFL, and NBA are doing things and likewise we've certainly got to keep a close eye what other colleagues and other conferences are doing but their circumstances are a little different than ours the locations are in places that are different than ours we're certainly going to pay attention to it what does it mean? What do you mean? You, you have fucking teams in West Virginia and out in Texas. So what do you mean? They're, you're all the same boat. You have to travel and all that shit. I love when they say that shit. Like, oh, you know, we're all different. No, you're not. Power Five Conference going to have to make a decision. And even in conference, they're not that close. Look at Rutgers is freaking, is is a, a thousand miles away from the Penn State and the other schools all the way out in the Midwest. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not on top. They're not close to each other. All these conferences are freaking Pac-12 got schools in Colorado and Utah, and then out west. They're not, they'd have to think, you know? And I like what Lee Steinberg says. In general, the worst way for a player to facilitate his trade is to go public with demand. Other teams know players unhappy and low-balling trade offers. Puts current team up against the wall. Jamal Adams, Raheem Mostert. Well, I don't think Jamal Adams is going anywhere. And Raheem Mostert, you have two more years on your deal. Even though, you know, listen, he had a... He, he, he led all NFL running backs in yards per catch and helped lead them to a Super Bowl. He's going to make 2.575 this year and 2.875 next year. He's the fourth highest paid running back behind McKinnon with 7.5. Fullback Kyle uh, Juzic making 5.25 million and Coleman making 4.25. That's a lot of money just to your running backs. He led the Niners last year with 772 rushing yards, scored 10 touchdowns, eight rushing, two receivings. Three playoff games, he had 336, five touchdowns, and set a 49ers franchise record with 220 yards rushing in the team's 37-20 win over the Packers in the NFC Championship game. 
led the NFL with 12 rushing touchdowns from Week 12 through the end of the 2019 postseason. His 760 yards over that span were the second most league, trailing only Derrick Henry at 1154. I guess we'll see what happens. Got two years left in your deal. I don't know how much sway he's going to have in that front, but listen. It's going to be an exciting time. Baseball's going to come back only night freaking games. Michael Cohen was out to dinner. He's taken back into federal federal custody. And uh, Glee actress Naya Rivera was out with her kid, and they're now doing a recovery mission to find her body after she vanished from Lake. I don't know what happened, but she never her life vest on. Way too young. Really not. I saw that. I was like, ugh, that's terrible. All right. That's all I got for today, folks. I wanted to do a quick show. I had a couple things I wanted to talk about. Baseball sucks. I can't believe they're going to have any freaking day games. MLS playing day games. I can't stand the freaking flopping. That drives me crazy. WNBA. All in the next couple weeks. we got NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball. Will football come back? Who knows? And Steve Serbian, uh, Roger Sherman said, uh, allowing a 60-minute full-contact football game but saying you're taking precautions because you ban handshakes. Handshakes and jersey swaps is like eating 34 wings and eating two pieces of celery and saying it was a healthy meal because you ate vegetables. <laughs> He's got a point there. Now, who's Roger Sherman? He, oh, he's at the ringer. Yeah, that's pretty funny though, right? <laughs> yeah, I ate five, I ate a pizza pie, but I had a salad on the side and I had a tab. Probably most people don't even know what a goddamn tab is anymore. All right, trivia questions. Last show's trivia question, true or false? No Major League Baseball rookie player has ever had four home runs in a game. That is true, it has never happened. Oh, and I just gave away the next trivia question. Most rushing yards in franchise history for the 49ers in a regular and postseason game. Most rushing yards in a franchise in a, in, 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 in a 49ers game, 49ers game, regular season and postseason in one game. Can you tell me who the answer to that is? I think I just talked about it. Folks, have a great day. Peace out. I'll talk to you soon. I won't run it today. It is hot as hell. I'll be careful. I got a pounding headache.